Broken trust can be healed, but it's not just time that's going to heal it. You need clear guidance about what to do and what not to do. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I've developed a free video course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This course will show you what's needed to begin healing after betrayal. I offer guidance for the betrayed partner as well as the partner who broke the trust. You can access it for free right now by clicking the link in the show notes. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist and the host of this podcast, From Crisis to Connection. This is a podcast about relationships, the relationships with others, of course, but also the relationship with ourselves and the relationship with our higher power. I believe we experience our deepest joys when we're in harmony with these relationships. But when we lose that connection to ourselves and others through our own unhealthy behaviors like addictions, infidelity, secrecy, abuse, and so on, or we lose it by being betrayed by someone else's choices, it throws us into crisis. Getting out of crisis and living in connection isn't always straightforward or easy, but it is possible. And that's why every week I bring you incredible guests who share their life experiences and expertise to help you move from crisis to connection. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Today, we're going to talk about rebuilding trust with yourself. Now, oftentimes when we talk about rebuilding trust, it's in the context of rebuilding trust with another person. So understandably, it can be somewhat confusing. But when someone's betrayed by another person, the person who's betrayed begins to disconnect from their own sense of reality and truth. And so rebuilding trust with yourself is really the process of reconnecting to your own sense of reality and what's true. And rebuilding trust with yourself really is foundational for reclaiming your sanity, your identity, and building a future of healthy relationships. And my guest today is Melissa Ruff, and she is the director of Live Free Wives, which is a support group for women who have been betrayed by a loved one, sexual betrayal generally. And she's been a longtime group leader for betrayed women and is actually studying to become a licensed professional counselor. And she's been married 13 years and they have three kids. And she's doing a lot of great work out there to try and support women who are dealing with betrayal. And she's agreed to come on here and talk about how to rebuild trust with yourself after betrayal. So here's my interview with Melissa Ruff. Welcome to the podcast, Melissa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. I love this topic of rebuilding trust. It's something that's near and dear to my heart. I work with couples all the time. And when trust is reestablished in a relationship, it's like everything is just easier at that point. It just seems to like mm -hmm. be the foundation. And so getting to that is a journey for a lot of people. But I want to dive in today in today's episode and really talk about not only restoring trust after betrayal or in a relationship, but especially what I think is a first step to that, which is restoring trust with ourselves, which I don't yeah. think it's talked about as much. It's not. <laughs> so I'd love to hear just starting off why you think restoring trust with ourselves is such a big deal, why that matters for you. Yeah, I think that I need to talk a little bit about why trusting yourself is gone after betrayal first. Yeah, let's start <laughs> um, just there. Because that, that magnitude is so great. So yeah. in my story, I can't say with everybody's story, but in my story, there was a lot of gaslighting, a lot of denial, a lot of 
me discovering things and him just saying, no, you know, that's not what you think it is, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So over the years, I think probably about eight years of that happening, I really lost trust in myself and what I thought was real, what I thought was true, because I wanted so badly to believe what he was saying and to deny the reality of what actually was happening. Right. So Mm. the trust in myself was just completely shattered. I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know what to believe anymore. And, you know, when you're in that, that state of mind, it's so difficult to really do anything. So building trust after that is so, so hard. But I think that it, I mean, it can be done, right? There's so many people out there, including myself, that, that yes. have done things, have done tangible steps to get to a point of trusting yourself. But trusting yourself is so vitally important because what can you really do if you don't trust your own thoughts, if you don't trust your own gut feeling, right? I know that you said a lot of your listeners are believers. And I think also there's that mistrust of God too that happens because you start to doubt your gut. You start to doubt your conscience and what the Holy Spirit is is poking at Mm -hmm. in in your spirit, right? So when that happens, what are you going to do? Who are you going to trust if you can't even trust yourself, if you can't even trust your your maker. So I think it's so, so vitally important to be able to get to a point of trusting yourself again. That said. Well, you were just talking about why trust is so important in yourself. And I actually have a question I'll ask about that. Maybe I can just segue with that. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this whole thing about trusting yourself first, I'm right there with you. I, I think that I think about like developmentally, like, you know, let's say in a in an ideal scenario with a child who grows up in a home where parents are trustworthy, where and I recognize not everybody gets that. But in an ideal scenario where a child is, you know, what they see, what they hear, what they experience all matches. And then they extend that to, you know, to God or to the world, to humanity. And they go through life and everything feels pretty predictable. Like what they believe, what they see, everything just matches. People keep their word. But then when the first time that they're lied to or they're betrayed, it seems like the human tendency at that point isn't to put the burden on the other person. It seems like the human tendency is to put it on ourselves, right? Almost like that we start to think that we're crazy or we, maybe we didn't see it correctly. Has that been your experience as well? Oh, yeah, 100%. I would say, especially in the realm of, of betrayal. Yeah. Because like, like I said earlier, you know, you're just, you're lied to so often, mm-hmm. especially if your spouse is in the midst of it and just that, you know, that addictive cycle of wanting to cover things up and not, not pursuing healing at that point. So you're always being lied to. And I think that because betrayal in and of itself in a marriage specifically, it's that very intimate part of, of your marriage that is, is being sinned against, right? So you just really think, okay, well, if I can't believe what you're saying here, I'm not going to be able to believe anything about this relationship. Or if I can't believe what you're saying here, maybe there's something that I'm doing incorrectly that is making yeah. you act out this way, right? Or making you not wanting to tell me the truth or whatever the case is. So yeah, 100%. I think whatever is happening in your marriage, if you're being lied to, that definitely that reflects in, in every area of your life. It's just, yeah, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And I think part of what I think is so damaging about it, because we tend to have a reflex to look at ourselves first and go, oh, I must not have heard that correctly, or I must be overreacting, or I must be making this up or, or whatever. Part of what I think is so damaging, in the, in, especially in a, in a marriage, is when 
the the person who is betraying their trust or who's deceiving is when they allow you to believe that about yourself. When they mm-hmm. don't give you the rest of the story or they don't take accountability and then they almost they almost send a message that confirms that you're crazy, confirms that you're losing your mind, confirms that you are paranoid or insecure or fill in the blank. And that's a really hard thing individually to try and recover from because you've now had that view of yourself reinforced by somebody who was supposed to see the best in you or support you. And so they've almost confirmed, you know, as a trustworthy source, right? Like a a primary bonding partner, a person who's supposed to have your back for them of all people to say, yeah, you're not seeing that right. Yeah, your your instincts aren't correct. Yeah, you're you're just sensitive or insecure or jealous, and the list goes on. And then all of a sudden, those become really internalized mm-hmm. as basically now they're just confirmed. And that's so when we talk about building trust with yourself, it's really the journey of reclaiming what was true about your original instincts around what was really happening and starting to line that back up. Is that how you describe that? I would. I think so. A lot of the times the, the ladies in my group and myself, we talk about building trust back up. And and one of the ways, like you were stating, is kind of finding out who you are again, right? Yeah. Kind of being able to say, okay, this is what I believe about myself. This is what I believe about the world. This is what I believe about God. And it's okay that I believe in those things, right? And, yeah. and I think that, that is truth. One of the biggest things, though, is to not try to be who you were before the betrayal. Because a lot of that was an illusion, right? Your marriage was not what you thought it was. Your idea about who you are, who your husband is, maybe not what you thought it was, right? And because of that betrayal, you're never going to really be exactly who you were before. That's just a part of it. You're going to be the same person, but you're going to have different ideas. You're going to have a different way of faith. You're going to have a different way of seeing people. And that's okay. So I think it's really important to know like, hey, you're not going to be that exact same person that you were before, but that's okay. You're going to be better. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be able to trust again. It's just going to look differently. One of the ways that I like to explain it best is just thinking of a flat piece of white paper. And that's who you are, right? Before the betrayal, before all the lying, before all all the damage happened. And then you crumple that piece of paper up and that's the betrayal, right? That's all the lying, all of the gaslighting, all of the denial, all of that stuff is just crumpled up. And as you begin the healing process, you slowly start to flatten out all those crumples, right? And you slowly start to smooth out again. All of those crumple lines are still there though. You're not exactly the same anymore. And that's okay. You're still that piece of paper. You're still the person that you are. You just believe a little bit differently and your trust looks a little bit different. Yeah. Like there's a different texture now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and yeah, and I think that, yeah, if the dream is to to get back to this this previous state, then in some ways you'd have to st- basically betray yourself to do that, right? Yeah, I would say so. You'd have yeah. to go back on on a lot of what maybe you believe, like what you've seen is actually happening now. And it's not to say you can't repair trust or get back in a relationship or do that. Obviously, that's that's the goal and what a lot of us want. But in terms of being able to, to see things in reality, in terms of being able to trust your own voice, your own judgment... I mean, is that what you say in terms of just giving some examples of what does trusting yourself really even look like? How would you describe yeah. that? If a woman yeah. is saying, yeah, like I haven't, I stopped trusting myself. I don't trust my own sense of anything. So what would trusting myself even look like? How would you, yeah, how would you yeah. answer that? Yeah, that's so difficult. I think 
that just relearning to trust your gut, right? Relearning to, yeah. to, to feel that sense of, hey, something isn't right or, hey, this is okay, you know, and acting on that and knowing that it could be right, it could be wrong and that's okay, but to act on that. And even so let's give the example of, of a husband and wife and let's just say the husband acted out and, and didn't tell his wife. And years prior, the wife would just kind of shove that down because she's been lied to about it or been told like, hey, it's not what you think it is, et cetera, et cetera. So she would just shove that feeling down and ignore it, right? So instead of shoving that feeling down of something is happening, instead of ignoring, I like to think that the Holy Spirit convicts us, right? And prompts us to things. So instead of ignoring that prompting, to go ahead and feel that feeling, go ahead and allow that to happen in your body and then act on it. And what I mean by act on it is ask your spouse, say, hey, you know, I really had this feeling that something is off. Can you explain if anything is off? And, you know, if, if your husband is in recovery, my hope is that he would be honest about it. If your husband isn't in recovery and isn't honest about it, but then you do find out that he was acting out, you know, hey, my gut was right. I don't need to think that, you know, I can't believe it. I don't need to think that whatever my husband is telling me is truth. I can be able to be okay with having that discomfort of knowing what my gut is telling me versus what my husband is telling me and then the truth in that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. I love the idea that, you know, that it's acting on that gut feeling. And some women would say, you know, they feel like God is prompting them or they're having just a, a reflex internally or something environmentally doesn't feel right or their own just sense of morality or whatever it is. Something just doesn't, you know, almost like a sixth sense or whatever doesn't feel right. Yep. But so many times when you've when you've been betrayed and when you've, again, ignored those and you've broken trust with yourself and not honored that, the way out of that is to start just acting on it. And you might be wrong. And I love what you're saying. Like, you might be wrong. It may not be correct, but you're learning to figure out what that feels like. And you're kind of calibrating that dial back in. Yeah. Instead of just yeah, being yeah. passive about it or totally, you know, inactive with it, and then never really knowing if it could have been true or not. And you stay in that, probably on that hamster wheel of doubt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like when, when we do stay there, when we stay in that, just like that middle ground of like, oh, I don't know yeah. what's happening. You kind of go crazy a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. you, you have this like cycle in your mind, the spiral in your mind of like, okay, I think this is what's happening, but I, I'm not sure if that's what's happening. Yeah. I don't know if I want to believe that. So I'm just not going to do anything. And that doesn't help you, right? There's no... There's no help in that for recovery. That's just allowing you to stay still. And you're not going to build trust in yourself that way either. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that permission to just to act on it. And I, I like the example that you gave of you don't need to come out guns a blazing and saying, I know what this is and you know, just <laughs> accuse and attack. It's really about being able to say to the other person, like taking ownership of your experience. I'm having this experience. I'm feeling this thing and I need to check it with you. And of course, that's, that gives them a chance to come out of hiding or be honest and confirm that. And if they don't confirm it as true, but it really is true, then that's actually really good feedback for you that your feelers were right on. So either way, you know, you're going to learn whether you're hot, cold or whatever, but like you're going to, you're going to learn something from it. Yeah, absolutely. By taking action. Absolutely. So my husband has been sober for quite some time and I still now and then get these little triggers of like, oh, I think something's not right. And so I'm able to come to him and just be like, Hey, David, I really, this is how I'm feeling. I'm not blaming you. I'm not accusing you. I just, this is where I'm at. And I'm not sure what triggered that feeling, but I need to ask you what's happening. 
And then he will tangibly show me that everything is on the up and up. And then I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. now I know that it was just like me having a little trigger. We're all good. You can tell me truth. I can own my own truth and and really know that it is real truth and go from there and and learn to trust my gut even more. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and obviously like learning to trust yourself is something that you know you can initiate and start on your own just by observing and like you said taking action and giving yourself permission but you know it really does go better if you're in a relationship with somebody you're trying to if they're working with you yeah but either way if, even if they're working against you maybe i should correct my point here even if they're working against you and lying and you discover that then you're still able to restore trust in yourself right either way it's almost like you can't lose if you start taking action, you're going to figure out what's real and not real, where the passivity prevents that. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree. We always talk about, okay, what does it look like if my husband refuses to get recovery? Right. And I'm the only one in recovery at yeah. this point. And that's one of the points. Like, you, it's okay if your husband is untrustworthy. Well, it's not okay. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. There's it's more okay context for, there. Go on. It's yes, fine. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. For you to pursue healing yes. and pursue trusting yourself, even if your husband isn't doing those things. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, one of the first steps in that is to really allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and then take action on that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's protective of your own sanity, even. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a gift to your own mental health. Yeah. And hundred percent. Yeah. And I think about you know, I, I know for me, like even just, I mean, I'm not dealing with betrayal in my own life here, but I, as I think about just trusting myself, there are so many times in my own life where I'll feel something in emotion or a thought or whatever, and I don't act on it. And then later regret that I should have brought that up earlier. That would have made things better. And, and that process of just trusting when those things come up to act on them or to, to know that like I am feeling things correctly, that I do have an internal compass in a sense, that is so helpful for guiding and directing our lives. And when that's broken, when that's broken or totally just called into question all the time, you're like a ship without a rudder. It's so terrifying to try and get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots yeah. of ways you can practice that in or out of a relationship. I mean, I'm describing just sensing a feeling, acting on it, like giving yourself. And why do you think it's so scary for, in this case, betrayed partners? Why is it so scary for them to take action on that and try that? Sure. I mean, I think it's just the repetitive behavior of what's happened in the past, right? It's the fact that they've they've felt this before, they've acted on it before, and they've been lied to. And that cycle has happened so many times that it's almost like, okay, well, I feel this, but even if I go say something, I may not get the truth. And if I do get the truth, I may not even believe the truth. So I'm not really sure what to do here. It's like learned helplessness. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think it's super important if, if you are a person of faith, I think this is probably of vital importance really is to really be in the word and really practice hearing God, hearing the Holy Spirit, because he's not a God of confusion, right? He he wants us to be prosperous in, in our relationships. He wants us to live a full life. And living a full life includes trusting in who you are, trusting what God is telling you, trusting what God has said about you. So I think a lot of the times, especially in betrayed relationships, that part of the betrayed spouse just kind of gets pushed back to the corner. I think so many women that I've talked to, at least, have really lost their faith have really lost 
just their trust in God. And I think it goes back to what we said in the beginning of just, hey, this relationship, this marriage relationship is not trustworthy. This is making me feel all sorts of things about every area in my life now. But I truly believe that that isn't who God is, right? We're all sinful. We're all going to sin. Our husbands are sinful. This addiction is sinful. But that doesn't mean that God is. So we can still remain in truth that He is faithful and that He's going to guide us if we allow Him to guide us. So I think it's super important to be able to be in the Word and be able to hear the Holy Spirit guiding you in all areas of your life. And it's especially helpful in the marriage relationship because then you're able to say, okay, this is what I'm feeling. I'm going to make sure that this is right in Scripture. I'm going to make sure that it's not something that I'm just making up. (laughs) And then I'm going to act on that, right? I love Uh, that. Yeah, I think it's super important. I love that. And you're right. A lot of people that have been betrayed, one of the first relationships, one of the first casualties is with God because they feel like they should have been warned or they should have been, you know, that they should have been guided a different direction from danger. And, and so, but when they can reestablish that anchor, that, right, that foundation of this Mm -hmm. truth isn't going to move. And even though someone I love and cared about or care about veered from that or tried to distort that, this thing actually, so that's part of trusting yourself again is finding that anchor point and being able to hold on to it, like you're saying. And then from there, you can start to venture out and check things, look at things, but you always have a place to come back to. And you're right. For a lot of a lot of the women that I talk to, that is God and repairing that relationship and getting that sense of security and, and trust back seems to be you know part of being able to trust themselves. Like they, It's almost hard to separate those two if you're a believer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think also there's just that factor of when you have been lied to so often, or my experience is that oftentimes the behavior was blamed on me. Yeah. So when you've been told that you're you're the the reason, right? You're you're not, you know, having intimacy with me enough. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Whatever. So you start to believe that you're not worthy, right? So you start to believe that you shouldn't even listen to yourself because you are not intelligent. This is not how you were made. So I think that, again, just realizing that those things aren't true, that God has made you with purpose, that God has made you wonderfully, and you're so worthy, and that you are a child of God will help you to realize that it's okay to start believing in yourself again, and it's okay to start trusting in yourself again. Yeah, that's where that confidence comes from, that sense mm-hmm. that, that you know, you are intelligent, you are capable, you are you know, powerful, and that all these things that were told to you to try and control you and manipulate you and deceive you were just more of a, a means to an end, and they're not the truth. And that, like, these are all important places to start grabbing onto so that you can, you know, trust yourself. I love, I love that concept of as you get clear about who you really are at the core and the fact that you are worthy and that you are lovable, and that you are intelligent, and that all these things are starting to fall back into place, that makes it so much easier to then like embrace and trust what's coming up inside of you. You're not going to just reject it because out of unworthiness, or out of confusion, or out of feeling ashamed. You're just going to say like, no, I deserve to give this some attention and think about it, and take my time with mm-hmm. it, and challenge it, and ask questions, and make sense of it, because you're coming from a place of worthiness of, I, you know, I have a right to feel safe. I have a right to know this. I have a right to direct my own life. I have a right to be, and the list goes on. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I think it's just so important. Yeah. I think another important thing to remember too, as a betrayed spouse is just realizing um, kind of like what I said before, that 
it's a sin, right? You're not battling your husband, you're battling sin. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, being aware that all of these lies and these deceptions and possibly like blaming you for the actions truly had nothing to do with you and had everything to do with just that sin and, and being so deep in that sin that they would do anything to continue it. I think that that's super important to realize that it just really truly had nothing to do with you. So if you're able to kind of disconnect that, then I think you can push forward into your own healing. Otherwise, it's kind of like that cycle of, okay, I need to help. I need to fix. I need to do all these things, which you're going to then not trust yourself even more. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's another part that is really good to remember for, for spouses. Yeah, that's yeah, it's an excellent point of if this really is not about me, then I can really almost categorically call into question all of the things that came with that. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Like, I don't. Exactly. It's like if if the whole thing is really not because the thing is a lot of a lot of women naturally blame themselves like that they somehow contributed or caused this, right. which is not true. And then there are many cases, of course, where he plays into that and pours gas on that fire and wants her to feel sure. like you know it's not him, it's her. But yeah, rejecting that and just being able to say that that recovery, his recovery is not my responsibility. So everything that goes with that is not necessarily something I have to keep questioning or wondering. And and so that yeah. that is a real foundation. That's a real building block then for trusting yourself is to have that kind of that that runway cleared off. <laughs> so it's not yeah. not something that those are obstacles anymore of like, oh, is that mine? Is that his? Is that mine? Like it's just like, nope, that's all his. Mm-hmm. And you are the one being carried along. Yeah, exactly. And I think it gives you the permission too if Again, if your husband isn't in recovery and this is like continually happening currently to just be able to stop when he is lying to you or or blames you or whatever the case is and say, nope, that's not true. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to walk away and I'm going to go read my scripture or listen to worship, whatever it is, you know, that you need to do to start recomposing yourself. But it just gives you that permission to say, no, you're lying to me and I'm not going to let that be truth. And that's where you can take, that's a very clear action step. When you talk about taking action, it's like in the moment of an interaction when you're starting to doubt your reality, doubt yourself, to interrupt that and then go get centered and say like, mm-hmm. is that true? Is that not true? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that was very helpful for me when my husband was in the midst of recovering of just being able to say, nope, sorry, bud. I didn't cause your behavior just now. You did. I'm going to go in the other room. <laughs> And listen to some worship and just recenter with God. Yeah. So it's yeah. good. Yeah. So this journey of trusting yourself, you know, it starts with, you know, you're talking about it starts with just paying attention to what doesn't feel right and then starting to act on that, getting centered with God and, you know, starting to just, I mean, when you say like taking action on these feelings, are some betrayed partners, are they just so paralyzed and they feel so chaotic inside that they don't know what to take action on? I guess I'm trying to understand like what happens for a partner when when everything feels like it's not clear inside when they're whether it's just post discovery or they just keep getting manipulated and, and you know gaslighted or whatever where these steps we talked about before in terms of you know just getting center with God or just taking action on things that you feel what if those things aren't clear what if it just feels so messy all the time Yeah honestly I think the biggest thing is finding community is finding a counselor 
someone or some people that have been where you've been or can help you where you're at mm-hmm. to be able to better clarify what that looks like okay. because you can't do that on your own. That's not something that isolation produces. It's just not, you're just going to continue to cycle and not know where to step first. So I think it's vitally important to have community and have someone that's been where you've been to be able to kind of pull you out from that drowning water and help you paddle a little bit until you're able to get in a boat and start <laughs> paddling yeah. to shore. You know, I, I just, you really, isolation only breeds, you know, desperation and confusion and chaos and I think that community does the opposite of that. And it's just super helpful. Seems like a real breeding ground for more self-betrayal to be isolated, Mm -hmm. right? Where you can lie to yourself more or be more confused or second guess and just, you know, just keep staying stuck in that spin cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas if you have a counselor and community, honestly, I suggest both. You're able to bounce those thoughts off of them. Just be like, hey, I... I'm feeling like maybe I need to be doing something to help in this area. And it's in an area that you should be helping in, then someone can jump in and say, yeah, here's some things that I did. Or if it's an area that you shouldn't be helping with, with your husband or whatever the case is, then another person come along and say, hey, no, you really should just kind of leave that go. What are some boundaries that you can put in place to help you separate yourself from that so you can concentrate on? Yeah, if you're listening to this and you're a you know betrayed partner, and you've not reached out for any sort of outside help from a, a counselor, from a group of other women, then I definitely second her recommendation here as a, as a way to sort of clear up the confusion because, and, and these days there's so many places to access community of women and Melissa will tell us about hers as well. But like, there's just, yeah, there's just so much that goes on in these meetings and I've, I've, I've run women's groups and, and what's powerful about it is even if you're just coming in all chaotic and confused and believing everything that you've been told and about yourself that's you know harmful and even one other woman in there just says you know i had this experience where i thought this but then this is what happened and all of a sudden you're just like hey that feels familiar that's like a first step toward trusting yourself kind of aligning like what they said feels true to you and then you might give voice to that and that's how you start to organize this mm-hmm. and find your way out of the confusion right yeah. 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 I agree. It gives you validation, right? That you're not crazy. That right. this isn't something that you've just made up in your mind that other people have gone through it and that you're going to be okay. I think it also gives you that voice, that beginning voice of just like, Hey, I need to speak my needs here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm allowed. I'm allowed to do that <laughs> in a place where it's very low risk and everybody's going to be supportive. Yeah. So really to start trusting yeah. yourself. I mean, some people might. Some women might have a lot of clarity about, hey, this doesn't feel right. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to take action on this. In my experience, most women that have been betrayed usually are more of the feeling confused kind of internal chaos variety. And so in order to really do that, I mean, I love what you're saying. In order to really do that, you have to open up to other people, which is a form of trust, which is hard, and take that courageous step of of saying, I'm going to let somebody in so that Mm -hmm. I can organize what's going on for me and start trusting myself. It's almost like you can't really start to trust yourself unless you pull in somebody else, God, other safe women, a therapist, just to kind of help reflect back what's going on inside of you instead of just listening to that voice that's been so turned around. Yeah, I agree. I think that I've heard women time and time again, just say how terrifying it is to join a a small group or to join our, our community. 
but I've never heard someone say they regretted it. <laughs> Not once. <laughs> right. So it's, right. it's scary. It's scary to jump into, into a community of people that you don't know, but it's just so helpful and it's so needed and it's going to just make an, an incredible change in your, in your journey. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it's, it's like that scene from the Matt Damon movie, We Bought a Zoo. Oh yeah. Remember yeah, that yeah. where yep. he tells his son, you know, it just takes what, 30 seconds or 10 seconds of insane courage and then good things happen. I'm completely paraphrasing it, but yeah, uh, in terms of asking out his wife at the time, that was his story. And I, I've always loved that. And I thought, right. And I would tell this to people who are scared to join one of my groups or even come to counseling. It's like, yes, like it's terrifying to pick up that, to pick up the phone and make the call or to show up and just let yourself be seen. But I agree. I can't think of anybody who's ever run out of one of those meetings and been like, that was the worst thing I've ever done. Never happened. Nope. Because nope. there's if so anything. much love there. Yeah. 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 If anything, it's just, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, I love that. I, when we think about building trust with yourself, it sounds like an, an individual isolated process. And it really is almost like a reflective experience of putting things out there, either with the person that hurt you or putting things out there with people that are supporting and can reflect back. But either way, it's like, you've got to get, you've got to test what's on the inside, put it on the outside, check it, put it back in, line it up, right? It's just kind of that process yeah. over and over again of getting yes. your bearings back. Yeah. Yeah. I would hundred percent agree. I think it's similar to begin trusting other people, right? It's that time long time of consistent and trustworthy behavior. Yeah. So over time, you're you're building your own trustworthy behavior for yourself and and you will begin to trust yourself again. But it takes time. Like and you have to give yourself grace for that too. You have to be okay knowing, hey, this is gonna take some time. I'm gonna take steps forward. I'm gonna take steps backwards. It's more like all over the board. You know, there's no linear version of True. this. And having that in your mind and being okay with that is gonna make it that much easier. So Melissa, what happens if you know, in the desperation of losing a relationship or the chaos of discovery and all this, if a, in this case, if a betrayed partner, betrayed woman skips past the trusting herself part and then just goes right into trying to fix the relationship, what's lost? Yeah. Like what happens? Yeah. Your, your whole sense of self is gone. <laughs> your identity mm. is gone. Your identity is literally anything that the husband wants it to be because you're so desperately trying to fix that issue. You're so desperately trying to make the marriage better to make it work that you change everything, who you are, you change. In my case specifically, it was changing how I looked, changing how I behaved, all of those things until you look in the mirror and you're like, Oh, who am I? <laughs> I have no clue anymore. Yeah. So it's just, it's such a loss and it takes such a long time to get to a point of being able to be okay with yourself again if you don't begin to trust yourself first. Yeah, I love that. And and I'll just add from the other side. And I'm saying this just as a as a man, as a husband. Yeah. I would never want to be married to my wife if she wasn't like a whole person. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what kind of a life would that be? Yeah. For her, for me, for our family, if basically there was just one person having all the opinions, having all the direction, having all the and she just was along for the ride. Yeah. Like I don't think marriage. <laughs> no, it's not a marriage. And it's, I just can't like, who would want that? Mm -hmm. But a lot of, like you said, a lot of well-meaning and very traumatized women think that they're doing what's best for the children or the family. 
or the marriage by just, as Harriet Lerner puts it, de-selfing mm-hmm. at their expense to try and salvage something. But like I love how you put they lose their identity, they lose themselves. And to me, that's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. And it's not long-term sustainable. Eventually, you know, that's not going to work long-term. Yeah, I think it's just so important just in thinking of the steps toward really trusting yourself again, it's important to realize, you know, who you are, you have to start at that, you have to start at your identity. And and I think because of that, if you're a believer, you have to start with Christ, you have to start with scripture and start realizing that you are worthy, you are a child of God, you are capable, and you have permission to be who you are. And then joining in community, maybe those things go hand in hand at the same time. Yeah you know, getting that counselor so that you have some good people around you that are able to help dig you out of that pit because you can't do it by yourself. And then sustaining that over and over and over again until you're able to actually act on that with your spouse and set some limits, set some boundaries because you know now that you can trust what your gut is saying and you don't have to go along with anybody else. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's a very succinct summary of that process of what we're what we're talking about today and you know my message of course to anyone listening is that you absolutely deserve to show up and be seen mm-hmm. to be heard to have opinions preferences needs wants dreams and to be treated in a way that you know your voice matters and if someone is incapable of offering that to you and making space for you it doesn't mean that you don't deserve it it just means that they're incapable of giving it to you and you can still claim it for yourself yeah. And maybe advocate in that relationship or somewhere else and figure out what you need to do with that relationship. But this whole trusting yourself business, like you said, I love how you put it. It's based on this deep truth that like, I am a child of God. I have light in me. I have a place. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that initial sort of hesitation of like, hey, this doesn't feel right or I'm not okay with this that comes from that place that re- that rejects mm-hmm. that darkness of being kind of covered up or being mm-hmm. diminished. So I I think if a woman's feeling that, then she's already reclaiming her voice. She's already starting to trust herself. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's a beautiful summary. I really appreciate that. So as far as other ideas or other things that maybe would help our listeners in terms of trusting yourself, any other points or even just encouragement that you might be able to offer? Sure. I mean, I think just tangibly, some of the things we've already talked about, right? Like really being in scripture, really finding that community, that counselor, and practicing hearing your own gut, right? And acting on that. I think also journaling is such a good thing to sure. practice because it allows you a couple of things. It allows you to, to practice your voice, right? It allows you to practice writing down your wants, your dreams, your needs, all those things. But also, it allows you to look back and, and say, wow, look at how far I've come from like last year or a few years ago. And being able to recognize that and celebrate that because it's super important to celebrate when you're in recovery. Yeah. <laughs> it just is. Yeah. <laughs> and as far as encouragement goes, man, you know, you're not alone. Yeah. This is this is just such a huge problem in our world today because sin is such a huge problem in our world today. So I I just really want any woman that's that's struggling in this area to know that you are loved, you are worthy, you have permission to take the space that you need Hmm. and you're going to be okay. Yeah. If you hear those words and you're like, that's not for me, then just back it up, listen to it again (laughs) and again and again until you can believe what Melissa's saying. Absolutely. 
Melissa, how can people find you and what, tell us what you're involved in and I'll uh, put all this information in the show notes as well, any links that you have. So yeah, tell us. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I am the director of the Free Wives. It's an online community, completely free to join. Our belief system is that, you know, all of this recovery stuff can cost so much. Yeah. <laughs> it really can. And if, and if both spouses are in recovery, wow, that's just double. So we wanted to offer a free community for women. In that community, you're going to find all different sorts of groups, kind of like a Facebook group, if you will. If you're married, if you're engaged, if you're separated, if you're divorced, all of, all of those groups are in there. We also offer a ton of content. So things like this podcast today, we offer a ton of ministry podcasts in there. We have uh, various articles written by myself and other contributors. And we offer a ton of different counseling resources, I guess we could call them, just things to help you navigate where you are and some tangible things that you can do to help maintain your recovery or move forward in your recovery. But the biggest thing is the, is the community itself. There's so many women in there and they're all excited to share their story. They're excited to walk alongside you and they're excited to learn more so that they can continue in their recovery. And the website for that is livefreewives.org. So just hop on there, press join for free, and then I will let you in. Wow. It's that easy. That easy. <laughs> so basically no barrier to getting some support right away. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, we do, I should say, we do ask a couple of questions before I can allow you to join just because we want to make sure that everybody's super safe in the community. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's so smart. But yeah, if you're, if you're for real and seeking support, then the door's open and the help's available. I love, I love what you've created. That's so powerful. Yeah, it's great. I like to think of it as like a one-stop shop yeah. <laughs> for uh, betrayal, trauma, recovery. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. And it, that's the thing is that, you know, if, if they resonate with your message and your voice and the, what you're teaching, then it's nice to be able to go to one place and, and just have some trusted resources yeah, instead absolutely. of trying to sift through all the information out there and sometimes misinformation. So I love that you've absolutely. created a, a place, a container for people to go and, and get trusted information. So... That's fantastic. Yeah, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on and answering these questions around trust, having this discussion, talking about these things, and then especially sharing this great, this great resource. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You can learn more about Melissa Ruff and the great work she's doing with Live Free Wives on her website at livefreewives.org. And they're also on Instagram at livefreewives. Once again, thank you, Melissa, for joining me on the podcast lots of great information, lots of actionable tips for something that can feel so vague, like trusting yourself. Thanks for making it clear. Thanks for offering all the great support. And for you listeners, if you want to take this further, then you can go to my website, jeffstewart.com, and you can find all kinds of great resources. I actually have a course on rebuilding trust with others, past episodes of this podcast, a weekly question and answer column, and other online resources that you can use to strengthen your marriage, strengthen your relationships, and carry forward in your own recovery. And if you find this podcast helpful, if you want to share it with other people, leave a review and a rating on wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a difference. It makes it easier for people to find. Thanks for all the support. And I will catch you in the next episode of this podcast.